Hi there and welcome to another Osler podcast. My name's Todd Fraser. In this COVID-19 special edition podcast, I'll be talking to Professor Steve Webb from the Monash University School of Public Health and Preventative Medicine. Steve is also the Principal Investigator of the Remap CAP study and he joins me today to have a chat about it. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Todd. Steve, what was the original objective of Remap CAP? Remap CAP's always been established uh, with two objectives. We never really knew if the second objective was ever going to be uh, come operationalised. The first objective is to generate uh, um, evidence to improve outcomes for patients admitted to an ICU with severe community-acquired pneumonia. The secondary objective was to have a platform trial, and we might have the opportunity to discuss what a platform trial is, uh, that was uh, suitable for being modified over very short periods of time to adapt uh, for a pandemic. Uh, to generate evidence to uh, be available to treating clinicians to allow them to uh, know which treatments work and to apply that evidence uh, whilst the pandemic was still rolling. So how do these uh, platform trials work? What, what, how are they different from other trials? Uh, they really are quite radically uh, different, uh, Todd. Uh, um, a conventional trial is, is frequently um, a, a piece of fixed uh, design um, of treatment A uh, versus treatment B um, with no capacity to modify the treatments, uh, no capacity to modify uh, the sample size, uh, no capacity to um, analyse the results uh, until the uh, full sample size uh, has been recorded, uh, re uh, re recruited. So um, in many ways, these are a very sort of fixed or static uh, type of design. They've served medicine incredibly well. Most of the knowledge that we have about what works uh, comes from uh, these types of design. Um, but they're not nimble. And during a pandemic, uh, what's needed uh, is, 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 is uh, speed um, and nimbleness. So an adaptive platform trial or a Bayesian adaptive platform trial um, has four key design features. Um, I'll list those uh, and then uh, um, deal with each one in turn. The, the first is uh, that the trial is multifactorial. The second is that it uses frequent interim analyses. Uh, the third is that it tests combination treatments. Um, and the fourth is uh, the utilisation of a technique called uh, response uh, adaptive randomization. And, and then there's a fifth feature, which I'll come to uh, at the very end, which sort of ties it all together. So in a conventional trial, it's typically just uh, antibiotic A versus antibiotic B, um, or inotrope A versus uh, inotrope uh, B. Uh, the inter-pandemic version of REMAP-CAP tested four domains of uh, treatment, empiric antibiotics, duration of macrolide, steroid strategy, and anti-influenza antiviral strategy. And so it's, it's multifactorial with uh, a single patient receiving a random allocation in up to uh, four of those domains and then a really quite clever, um, sophisticated Bayesian um, statistical model is used to isolate the independent effect of each randomization allocation. Um, in the pandemic, we've been able to add domains quickly. So we have available either today or tomorrow, depending on where you are in the world, 
uh, allocation uh, to um, uh, antiviral therapy that's specific for COVID-19 or immune modulation strategies that are specific uh, for COVID-19. And we've got a pipeline of new domains that we're looking to add uh, in uh, coming weeks uh, or months. The second aspect is that we don't have a fixed sample size. Um, we're a little bit a little bit like Goldilocks. Um, our sample size is, by definition, always just right. It's not too big. It's not too small. We analyse as frequently as every week, and as soon as there's uh, a statistical threshold uh, which uh, we regard as being sufficient statistical proof that an intervention is effective or ineffective uh, or harmful, we cross that threshold and we declare a platform conclusion and we report uh, that by uh, presentation and publication. But it means that sample size is used incredibly efficiently. If you've got an incredibly effective intervention, you might see an impact in ICU patients with just a couple of hundred patients. And that means we can get that result out at that time. If something's ineffective in ICU patients, um, and we, we specify a, a margin uh, of um, uh, equivalence, it might take several thousand patients to get to a point of demonstrating equivalence. But, but the statistics uh, follow the size of the treatment effect, not the other way around. Um, the third aspect is that because the trial has multiple domains, we're actually able to evaluate um, interactions or contingent treatment relationships. So a lot of people talk in the context of COVID about the possibility that immune modulation might be effective, but only when there's control of viral replication by an effective antiviral. The antivirals that are available uh, currently to treat COVID, I think people are not necessarily optimistic that they're going to have a strong treatment effect. They may work a bit. And so one of the possibilities that we evaluate in REMAP-CAP is maybe immune modulation, be it steroids or interferon or tocilizumab, work, but only when you've been able to give an active antiviral and control viral replication. The fourth component um, is, in my opinion, the best aspect of the trial, which is that participation in the trial has, offers a realistic prospect of actually improving the outcome of patients who are in the trial. For a lot of uh, comparative effectiveness trials, um, um, patients are really uh, not in a position to benefit uh, from the evidence that is generated. It's a fixed 50-50 randomization until the trial is finished. In REMAP-CAP, we actually vary the proportion of patients receiving each intervention in a way that is pro rata with the probability of superiority of each intervention at the time of each interim analysis. What that means is that if there are one or more treatments within the platform that are effective, as time progresses and more randomization occurs, progressively more patients within the trial receive the effective intervention or interventions. I said to you that there was a fifth feature and it's just related really to nimbleness. We can add more interventions, more domains, and we can largely do that without uh, sacrificing statistical power within the trial. So there are members of the REMAP-CAP team in 
other countries in Canada and the United Kingdom with particular interests in other candidate interventions like vitamin C or anticoagulation with heparin uh, or the role of statins. And we're looking to roll those in as new domains as quickly as possible. There are um, uh, um, collaborators, colleagues in the um, uh, world of haematology who are working to have convalescent sera available. And so we can add convalescent sera in at relatively short notice um, uh, as an additional uh, domain. Um, if we're in the position where um, um, neutralising monoclonal antibodies become available, again, uh, they can be uh, rolled into uh, the platform. So there's um, enormous flexibility to um, identify exciting new candidate interventions and um, insert them into the platform with a turnaround time that's probably measured around, I don't know, three to four weeks, which is way faster than if you're trying to set up a standalone trial of a new intervention. Steve, we're relatively early in the pandemic. Having said that, there is almost a million patients at the time of recording who have been infected. How quickly do you anticipate that results from this trial will be made available to clinicians to be able to implement in clinical practice? That's a function of uh, how many patients can be recruited at the sites that are participating in REMAPCAP, um, as well as, as, a, um, as an, an unknowable, which is whether or not there are any effective treatments uh, within the platform. If there's a highly effective treatment that's being evaluated within the platform, it may be known uh, within a few months. Um, a less effective intervention might take uh, a little bit longer uh, to become apparent. Um, but it's, uh, we're as confident as we can be that this is the fastest way of generating evidence about as many treatment options as quickly as possible, very much with the aim of having uh, the, the evidence that's generated from the platform available to treating clinicians whilst there are um, still substantial numbers of patients whose lives are at risk from this disease. Steve, whereabouts are you in the process at the moment? How many sites are on board? How many patients have you randomised, et cetera? So we started uh, the pandemic uh, with 51 sites in 13 countries. Uh, we're adding uh, approximately um, uh, 30 sites uh, in Australia, um, additional sites uh, in Canada um, and in uh, the United Kingdom um, and also uh, in Ireland. Uh, I, I think we might be relatively soon uh, at 100 uh, sites. Um, we may get to uh, uh, 150 sites. Um, uh, on remapcap.org, we keep a running tally of the number of patients uh, that have been randomised. Um, I checked that last a couple of hours ago and it was uh, standing at 75 patients uh, already randomised. Steve, obviously in the context of a pandemic, the workload on various units is immense in some cases. What sort of workload is involved um, in being involved in something like this? Uh, Todd, Remap Cap was put together by investigators who had the experience of both caring for patients uh, as well as conducting research during the 2009 H1N1 swine flu uh, pandemic. 
Um, I remember in my own ICU, it was about two o'clock in the morning, we had 24 ventilated patients in 24 uh, beds, and the phone call from the ED came through to say that they were, they'd just intubated someone with, uh, with swine flu. And I, I extubated a, an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest and saw him take his first three or four breaths with a massive sternal uh, central flail, which I hadn't uh, uh, realised was there before I extubated him. I've learned that lesson. Um, he went to the high dependency unit with a CPAP mask strapped on and uh, strict instructions to uh, keep him uh, breathing. And we took the patient uh, from uh, the ED. I think we've got a good handle on at least the concept of how crazy and difficult it's going to be. Remap cap has been designed to by people who had that lived experience to try and take into account our best guess of what it might be like uh, during the pandemic, which is about to uh, hit us. The assessment of eligibility behind the scenes under the bonnet is incredibly complex, but the, the eligibility system has been designed for a resident or a registrar to complete. It takes between three and five minutes. It asks questions which are the sort of questions that a junior medical staff member would be expected to be um, uh, discussing and talking about uh, at, uh, on a handover ward round. And then the software behind the um, eligibility system determines the patient's eligibility for the platform, domains and interventions. The delivery of interventions is as simple as it is possible to be. It's all open label. There's no uh, particular supply of study drug. To deliver the intervention, it is uh, no more complicated uh, than charting by whatever system um, uh, your ICU uses uh, to deliver that medication. Um, there's a single or, or two-page uh, PDF document that can be printed out at the time of randomisation, which can be stuck at the patient's bedside, which uh, provides all the information that is necessary to uh, guide care uh, for that patient. The outcome variable that we're using during the pandemic is a composite of death in hospital combined with the number of days the patient spends in intensive care in the first 21 days after randomisation. After the pandemic, there'll be a lot of opportunity to come back and collect data and make sure that there's a complete data set. But if sites can um, randomise and collect the primary endpoint, we can run the platform. Steve, there may be on occasion units that are keen to participate with one potential intervention but not others. Is that a possibility using Remap Cap? Uh, absolutely, Todd. We, we regard ourselves as a smorgasbord. Um, you can um, eat as much or as little from the salad bar and from the carvery uh, as you want based on your unit's uh, equipoise. Um, if you've got strong views, and some units do, that all of these patients need steroids, then you don't take part in the um, steroid domain. Of course, down the, down the road in the same town, there's another unit that's absolutely adamant that no one should get steroids, and we can accommodate uh, that as well. But given the amount of uncertainty that exists in the community about what really does work in this disease, it's a new disease by definition, we think people should have equipoise that's as broad as possible, but we can accommodate any uh, combination of domains and interventions that sites want to do. 
Steve, you mentioned that you are hoping to increase the number of sites. If there are sites out there that wish to participate, how do they get involved? Uh, the, um, uh, the, the, there are a number of pathways that they can, can follow. If they go to remapcap.org, there's a generic email address that will get delivered to the project manager uh, at Monash. Um, they can also um, uh, contact uh, anyone in the office at the ANZIX uh, CTG. Um, anyone who knows me can contact me uh, direct or Colin MacArthur uh, in New Zealand. I think we're reasonably widely uh, known. Uh, anyone who knows how to contact the ANZIC Research Centre at Monash um, can also contact them uh, direct. Steve, just finally, who is involved in funding this sort of trial? It's obviously a big undertaking. It is. Uh, we're in the fortunate position of having been really quite well funded some years ago in the inter-pandemic period. So in Australia, there's funding from the NHMRC. In uh, New Zealand, it's from the Health Research Council. There's uh, corresponding funding in the, Euro in the European Union uh, as well as in Canada. Uh, as you can imagine, there's been a flurry of um, uh, initiatives uh, that have allowed us to establish um, additional COVID-specific resources, uh, which means that we've been able to um, uh, get the platform adapted uh, incredibly quickly. And as well, we've been able to um, increase the per-patient payments that apply to take into account uh, payments for each of the new domains. Professor Steve Webb, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. All the best with Remap Cap. We're all anxiously awaiting some of the results that will come out soon. Much appreciated, Todd. Thanks for the opportunity to chat to you today. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. For more interviews just like this, visit our website at osla.force.com.